Before there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Welcome into the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you, alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, and his current Big Ten Ford Knick Award winner, Pat Richter. Pat, congratulations. Thanks very much, Jim. Appreciate it. Good to, good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. And uh, how did you find out about this award? And uh, it's given to, uh, basically, it is a uh, leadership award, and it is given to uh, a former Big Ten athlete who is doing or has done good things outside of football or the sport they played. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. It seems like it's been a while since I've uh, done anything in the sports end of things other than being on the radio and things like that. But uh <laughs> It, uh, it kind of goes along with the uh, the type of awards that they have at the uh, the uh, the championship game. For example, uh, I'm, my name is on the uh, receiving award. It's Richter Howard, Desmond Howard. Mm-hmm. You had somebody with an older back some time in the past, and then somebody more contemporary, and so. I think that's what they did with Ford being the youngest one and Kinnick being the older one. So it. Uh, I found out about it about a week or so ago. Unfortunately, I had, uh, had some uh, skin stuff taken off and skin most procedures and and not being able to travel, so I won't be going down there. But I only had about a week. I'd have rescheduled if I'd have known about it. But uh, anyway, we heard a lot of a lot of people and very appreciative of their uh, contacts. A lot of our old Oscar Mayer friends and. Uh, so it's a really nice, uh, nice award certainly, and for name for Gerald Ford, former president, and Niall Kinnick, a, a very illustri- illustrated uh, player down at Iowa, and, uh, and it would have been I, I would have made a trade the uh, the award for a, an appearance by the football team in Indianapolis, but I guess I couldn't pull <laughs> that off. Well, and we'll get to the game in a second, but I'm going to be honest. There's one blind spot in your resume that I did not know. I, I know you've multi. Uh, lettered athlete here at University of Wisconsin. I know uh, you, you played in the Rose Bowl, you played in the NFL, and uh, that you uh, were high up at uh, Oscar Mayer, but I did not know that you had a law degree and practiced law in the area before uh, working at Oscar Mayer. That part was a bit surprising to me. Yeah, well, I started law school when I was in uh, playing ball with the Redskins. I went to American University at night in the fall when I played out there, and then and in the spring, I went to the University of Wisconsin here in Madison, and so it took four years. But there was a number of us that did that. Ken Bowman did uh, the same sort of thing, and uh, and it was kind of an interesting time because in 1970 we were on the negotiating committee for the NFL Players Association with the owners, and there was like it was uh, it was Ken Bowman, myself, uh, Nick Bonacati, who was also in law school. We had three of us that were budding lawyers, and it drove the owners nuts because we'd take all kinds of notes and. They'd say something a week later and say, "Wait a minute, just back here you said this," and really ticked them off. It was kind of a it was an interesting time to be in law school at the time. So, uh, but I did that, and then uh, when I finished uh, uh, my last year, then I was uh, thinking of, I was in Madison, and I was uh, approached by a group of 
business people to represent them in the downtown Madison committee, which was kind of a precursor to some of the chamber of commerce things and whatever. And in the process of uh, discussing that position with some friends and and some mentors, so to speak, and in one particular Gough Beach at Oscar Meyer, uh, I decided to turn the job down and figured I'd practice law. And Gough called back a week or about a day later and said, well, hell, if you're looking around, come on and talk to us. And so I went and talked to Oscar Meyer and, and, and decided to join the company. And uh, I needed a little bit of structure. You know, when you're playing ball for eight years and you're kind of your time is your own, you know, you're looking for a little bit of a discipline. And being in a in a corporate structure like that was it was a good it was a good move for me and it was uh, enjoyable. And uh, thinking back on it, it was a lot of things there that really helped us at the university and the culture and added value and things like this. And it's always a very much of a worthwhile experience. And Pat, one other things here that obviously uh, I'm sure you take a lot of great pride in, and Badger fans are thankful for, is that uh, you came in at UW, and we've talked about this before, and I did have some hard moments and some hard cuts. But you eliminated a 2.1 million dollar debt in the athletic department and, and built up a six million dollar surplus, and you're able to renovate campus athletic facilities. But I wanted to kind of parlay that into the athletic directors nowadays uh, with coaches. Oklahoma and Notre Dame both haven't had coaches leave on their own accord in over 50 years for each program. Notre Dame might be longer. And that happened to both of those programs. Lincoln Riley goes out to USC, and Brian Kelly goes down to LSU. Money is a large part of it here, but, I mean, what is, what these guys are getting paid, and there's some... There's some, uh, I would say, dispute on exactly what, because these aren't necessarily fully public, but Lincoln Riley getting somewhere close to $110 million is getting... It doesn't sound like they're buying his houses in Norman, which was reported, but he could be getting a house in L.A., a limited private jet. I mean, there's just so much now to compete for coaches if Oklahoma and Notre Dame are losing their coaches to one of the few programs that are probably more prestigious than theirs. Well, it really is. I think Brian Kelly has got like a track record in this side of a situation because we did a search in Central Michigan and he left there kind of on a quick notice at a bowl game. And and if you read a little bit about what he did uh, with uh, Notre Dame, kind of the same thing. You know, I had a text at midnight and talking to him at 7 in the morning and saying you're leaving in about 15, anywhere from 2 to 11 minutes, I guess it was. And, uh, you know, that's all well and good. I, I think that, that for the most part, it's it's kind of uh, it's going to come back and bite them a little bit. I think certainly there's more money than uh, than anybody needs to reasonably make a living than it is necessary. But I think that the, they're always in the back of your mind saying, well, is there something else out there that they're going to be looking for in the future? And how do you keep them happy and things like that? And so... Uh, it, it's gotten really, it's almost gotten out of hand right now. Maybe it has. And I, I, and I think that uh, with respect to, uh, I talked to a former Big Ten coach who uh, is down in the south with where we, where we have a spot, and uh, he said it's just gotten absolutely ridiculous. And, and, the, and in terms of, you know, the next thing that happens is if, in fact, it doesn't work out, they make a mistake. And, and it's not the right person for whatever reason. Then all of a sudden, somebody's going to step up and pay, and then the next person is going to get just as much, or maybe more. And uh, and that's the thing about it is certainly every school needs their philanthropy and their boosters and things like this. But when you start talking about coaches making nine million dollars a year, 
and uh, presidents of the university who they don't even report to. They report to an athletic director who's less than that, perhaps, in some cases. The athletic director's making more than the chancellors or presidents. There's something a little bit screwy, and it sets up a real... A real difficult dynamic and a maybe an unhealthy dynamic with the school and the institution and their faculty and academics. And that's always where the rub has been because in many cases the faculty believe that the academic side gets short shrift because they all this money that's going to the football coach is being siphoned off an opportunity to build the programs and academia and things like this. And to some extent it's true, but you know the, some people wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't back up and 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 pay the money if it was for that standpoint for the from academics they would just want it for athletics and uh, and he wouldn't get it anyway so in most cases it's a it's a win-win situation if you're doing well there's better uh, enrollment opportunities uh building a, a bigger enrollment and uh and I and philanthropy with respect to boosters and donors and the other spa, parts of the program because many of the big donors that we had at the university, their names are on the buildings, have names on academic buildings as well, and that's a healthy situation, and, but it doesn't happen everywhere. And this is the Pat Richter Show, brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I've had a better buying experience there, and you can too. Uh, whether you're in the market for a new or new to you Chevy Colorado or Silverado, make, be sure to check out Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. There was a little anecdote from Rob Domofsky about Brian Kelly, and it was actually an article from a couple of years ago uh, referencing. It was a story about Matt LaFleur referencing that Robert Sala and Packers coach Matt LaFleur were grad assistants for Ch- the Chippewas in 2004, and Brian Kelly invited them to a party at his home. But instead of actually being invited, that they were asked to shovel snow from Kelly's driveway and park cars <laughs> and bring them back around when the guests were leaving. And Sala said, we decided that when we were in the position, we would never treat people that way. And, you know, Salah kind of back. that article was written a couple of years ago, and Salah's kind of backed off of it today. Uh, but it is, again, maybe a reference to some of the character with Kelly. And there's nothing. Yeah. yeah well, I, I think I, I would have to agree with that. And I think that, uh, you know, in the situation with respect to uh, the short you know, leash, and, and it's good for the head coach. There's no guarantee the assistants are going to be able to follow them. Mm-hmm. But also I think he did not uh, – Come out looking too good in that couple situation a couple of years ago when Notre Dame had the remember the young man was killed when he was yep. filming a practice and he was up in a cherry picker and very very windy day speculation was it was too windy to be doing that but uh, he just seemed to you know just just the way that was handled was not good in my mind in terms of the respect that you give someone like that and uh, it was almost a little short shrift and the young man lost his life and uh, and it was uh, determined that I think that they probably a wise choice would be not to film that day but they did it anyway and uh, so I it's you know you, sooner or later you, you'd find it hard to root for him I think you put LSU up against Notre Dame in terms of the reputation in a situation like that, I think you know where you'd come out. And uh, and I think that, uh, you know, there's – it's pretty it's, – I think it's easier. Nothing's easy today in terms of competition, but it's easier, I think, to be a winning coach at an LSU, for example, even as opposed to a Notre Dame. But uh, 
you're also going to getting into the weeds down there with some pretty tough uh, schools and competition. It's going to be a lot different than he was used to at Notre Dame, I think. We'll talk uh, some Badger football. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. You're listening to the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN and ESPNWisconsin.com. Brought to you in part by J&K Security Solutions. Now, back to Pat and Jim. No magic from the Badger football team over the weekend, but Oak Park Place is magical. They offer seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of care that you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community where neighbors that become like family enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side in the Tacoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com. To learn more, this is the Pat Richter Show. I'm Jim Rutledge, alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. And, Pat, as I kind of alluded there, Badger football season, I mean, at least the the regular season part of it, now we're kind of in the exhibition play with the bowl games, has ended on a sour note. They can, you know, have a nice bowl game here. But there was a lot riding on, on Braylon Allen. And at 17 years old, getting tackled by... You know, juniors and seniors who could be 23, 24 years old, warmed down enough where his ankles couldn't do what they did most of the year and the passing game wasn't there. And the Badgers, they could only play great defense for so long and they just fell apart against Minnesota. Yeah, well, make no mistake about it, Jim. This was a, this is a tough loss. I mean, I, I think in the time I've been around here since I've left the university, uh, I don't know that I've run across uh, more unhappy people about a game than, than this one was last Saturday. I mean, it was it was a tough one to lose. I mean, the setup and everything else, and it was seemed to be uh, kind of played our way. You had a chance to win it out, and uh, and you got it just uh, right in front of you, and it was up to you what to do. And it just laid flat on an egg, and it just was not uh, not much of anything, not much energy, not much motivation, not much uh, of uh, excitement, and uh, and uh, I think it's just going to stick in the craw for a long time, people in Wisconsin, because you know, and to have them come take a kind of co-op, jump around at the end of the game, and uh, do all those kinds of things, you know, it's just uh, that's what they do. That's what the Gophers do when they win. And uh, and it doesn't happen often, but when you do, you make a big deal about it. And I think everybody should be be really uh, kind of get you know, alarms go off when you say, okay, when you got a Braylon Allen, you got to hand the ball off a lot in terms of uh, opportunities for yardage and and way he'd been playing the last couple of weeks. I mean, they clearly just said, well, we're going to stop him from running, uh, and we've got a good run defense. And uh, we're going to challenge you, and uh, you go ahead and try to throw the ball, and uh, you haven't proved that you can do it yet and be successful. And it's exactly what happened. I mean, uh, Graham wasn't up to the task; it just uh, was the same old, same old type of stuff. And uh, it just, it just was. It was not. Uh, it was not fun. It was and not meant to be fun. But uh, when you win, you can just tell. These are the kinds of games that people realize. He's saying, "Well, you know, when you when you win, you got to celebrate because it's it's a very fickle thing." And then that happened uh, this last past Saturday, and uh, I don't know that anybody expected it. Uh, whether we 
kind of got caught short with the but certainly the the way that the effort and everything else was out there and you know I hate to say anything about regarding the effort for young people but it just appeared like everybody was uh, lackadaisical the offensive line just couldn't get a push on it and uh, they really came out for it it was just a great uh, testament to people wanting to win and ready to go out and, and take it and grasp and and move it hard and and up and down the field and and with opportunities, and it was still, you know, chances to do things, but it just couldn't come out, and that's a, really a disappointment because this uh, this team had everything to uh, right in front of them, and they won a couple of games and needed to pull one off on a team that they should beat, but they didn't. Yeah, and it does leave a lot of questions. The fans are very upset, especially when you consider, and uh, last year was a pandemic, but the team went four and three last year, shortened season. This year, only eight wins. Maybe they end up with nine, and it's it's it feels a little bit like Badger football is kind of spinning their wheels. Uh, they haven't figured out the play calling. Last year, they went four and three, and uh, Joe Rudolph was calling the play as his OC and play caller. Then he gets demoted, takes a pay cut, and uh, is down to Brun King coordinator and offensive line, I believe. And then you know Paul takes over quarterback coach. He takes over OC, and he has a recruiting title in there, and. Pat, as an athletic director, what what kind of conversations can Mac have with Paul as far as saying I, I don't know if there's an influence there. Mac obviously has the football side of it of just pointing out like, hey, we gotta figure out this offensive play calling and maybe we need to restructure the staff or bring in someone to actually coach quarterbacks or call plays or something. Yeah, I'm not sure you get into the into the weeds that much in terms of specifics like that, but I do think it I mean, just think about this what's happening. What end of the season like this coming on the heels of all of a sudden we're announcing and, and starting to put the shovel on the ground with respect to uh, new uh, uh, preferred seating arrangements and things like this that uh, they're going to cost X millions of dollars and uh, and whether or not you're going to be able to sell those tickets or the tickets that are t- going to be vacant after people move in there and things like this. So the implications are, 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 are big and there's no question about it. But I think as a coach, uh, you know, as an athletic director, excuse me, when in terms of opportunities and what make changes, you really can't say, "Well, do this, do that, whatever," because then it puts it on you, and then then you're the one that's uh, really being the coach and and not uh, you know, managing the coach. I think what you do is is just. And I remember this at Oscar Meyer when Jerry Eagle was a president over there, and I remember him making a statement. When at a time when there was about about eleven thousand employees or a big number of employees, and certainly in Madison was a huge number of employees, he said, every time you make a decision, you have to have in mind all the people that are working here and the responsibility you have to them to make sure you maximize the company's abilities to be successful. And uh, and I know I've done it. You know, in terms of uh, some of the coaches we've had in the past when we made changes, is saying you've got to, it, maybe if there's some things in the staffing and whatever that you have some questions about, and uh, not not to say you have to make the move, but just to recognize that if, in fact, you don't make moves that you think are necessary because of whatever reason it is, and you stick with them and it's not successful, then it's it's you. It's your, it's your organization it's your uh, it's your team and the responsibility falls on you if if you don't make any moves that you think in your own mind or heart need to be made to make yourself a better team and so 
that's that's the, the thing you kind of kind of face there. It's not going in and saying you know you need to do this, you need to get a play call or whatever. You you need to do what you think is right because it's your team, it's your job, and it's and you're the head coach. And uh, and I think that's the way you approach it. And there, I don't know what'll happen. I know fans are upset, but it does feel like Pat just watching it. Something is askew or broken with the offense. I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's the personnel, but it you know in college football things can roll downhill a little bit because you know uh, Alex, what was the question you asked of me when the the transfer from Oklahoma? We can ask Pat that question. Oh yeah, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, who go was ahead the and ask Pat. Right? What you asked me? Yeah, I'll ask it the same way I asked you, Jim. Pat, if you had to make a pitch to Spencer Rattler to come to Wisconsin, what would it be? Please. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I think certainly, uh, you know, from what I've seen of him, and of course he lost his position this year as well, and maybe they're making a change. And ironically, now the coach that did made the change is going off to Southern Cal. That would be ironic if all of a sudden Spencer Rattler ended up at Southern Cal, and uh, and so I, you know, the type of person he is, he's known to be a run and gun type of guy, and it just kind of wore its. You know, it's welcome there at Oklahoma to the new guy, and uh, maybe he's just better than that in that respect. And so, uh, you never know. You never may take a look at something as what's going on at the portal. Somebody like a Russell Wilson. Hopefully, uh, you see. Well, gee, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. Doubtful that's going to happen that way, but uh, you just never know. And uh, I think that there are some probably some people out there that saw that game and say, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for me there, and uh, you just never know. And I think that that's a, it's not, it's kind of a predicament and dilemma because here you have a situation where Jack Cohen went to Notre Dame, and now of course he's faced with a new coach and whatever, and and, and an opportunity that uh, that was not presented at Wisconsin, and who knows whether he would have had the same. Uh, ability and success at Wisconsin that he did at Notre Dame. Right. It's hard to say that that happened, but uh, those are decisions you make, and you got to live with it. And uh, and what, if in fact they're not right, not right decisions, you've got to come up with an idea of how to, to rectify it and to uh, get it back on tracks. And I think that uh, you know even even the defense had a little bit of a struggle as well. And so. You know, things that were even even on the tracks kind of got derailed a little bit in terms of that. And whether you have to sort it out, and I find out whether or not it has to do with the the personnel we have, or the attitude, or preparation, or things like that, and, and correct it because uh, these are kinds of things that you let let slide too long, or your reasons for making. You know, changes and things like this, and you have to really hit it when it right when it raises his ugly head. Yeah, and there's just a lot going on with Badger football. And we'll we'll be able to talk more about it. But right now, we got to take a break. We'll come back with sounds of the week. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. We're on the Packers. Jordan Love might be starting his career in the most disadvantageous circumstances that I've ever seen. Because we're on Wisconsin Sports. Nobody covers the green and gold like 100.5 ESPN. If you need to protect your home or business, there's only one call you need to make. That's the JK Security Solutions. At JK, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. 
For more information, call 2555-799 or visit jksecurity.com. This is the Pat Richter Show live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Time now for Sounds of the Week. These are the Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. Well, in, uh, in spirit of talking about Brian Kelly's departure from Notre Dame, Mark Chamura, our teammate over at 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee. You can hear him every morning, 7 to 9, on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Shared a story this morning, Pat, about Mike Holmgren leaving and uh, thought it thought it fit well uh, around Brian Kelly. So here's Chewy from earlier today. I just know what that football office is like with the players and coaches in there because I, I remember it like, like it was yesterday. All of us were sitting or standing in the equipment room Around the TV, there was probably 20 of us when Holmgren was at the podium in Seattle taking that job, and we were all like, bleep you, screw you, I hope you lose, we can't stand you, and then things calmed down. It was a different situation, but things calmed down. I'm like, well, I really can't blame the guy, but I know what that what that facility is like today. They hate him. Yeah. They hate him, right or wrong. That's typically how departures go, Pat, right? I mean, is, is Chewy pretty much on base there with, with how it likely was in the Notre Dame locker room this morning? I would certainly think so. I think that the, just like you did when uh, Chewy was talking about the things that were going on you know, after the Super Bowl and things like this and the success that they had and uh, there's uncertainty in what happens and there's uncertainty and you, you get angry about that. And uh, I think the same thing with respect to Notre Dame. I mean, you, you figure... You know they had a chance. They they won last weekend, and they uh, and and then they uh, the Alabama makes a close call, and uh, Ohio State gets beat, and so the chances to move up are are there. And, and when they realize, when the committee chairman says, certainly the coaching changes. If in fact in the committee's mind there's a difference that now because of the coaching change and whatever, that's going to be a factor factored into it. I mean, these are lifetime experiences. Things they may never happen again. And so something like this, not that he's being selfish. I mean, it's, you understand that. But, I mean, how much do you need? And so in that respect, to have to sit there and face young people like this, and it wasn't all on, on his shoulders in terms of the way that they were played this year and the success they had. A lot of assistant coaches and obviously the team as well. And they had a part in making him an opportunity to, to move someplace else, and all of a sudden they just kind of you know, toss aside and saying, well, I'll see you later, and, and go on. You can imagine if they ever scheduled Notre Dame and LSU, how that uh, game will play <laughs> out, and uh, awful lot of emotion there. Yeah, and the same thing kind of applies with Oklahoma, and both these teams, this isn't, I mean, no offense to, and you kind of referenced it before, with Brian Kelly going from Cincinnati over to Notre Dame. This isn't Cincinnati. Uh, this isn't Iowa State. I mean, this is Oklahoma and Notre Dame for these two cases, and they're in the heart of trying to get uh, possibly in the college football playoff, and their coaches just bail on them, which has could have consequences depending on how the committee views everything and however the rest of the it plays out. And it it affected a lot of people, and a lot of people got them there. 
Well, I think, and you hit on a good point, Brian, uh, that in terms of, uh, Jim, in terms of what the people think of Oklahoma and Notre Dame. I mean, up, up, up to this point in time, these are probably two of the best jobs that anybody in, in Notre Dame would probably say to itself that it's the best job in, that there is in college football with all the hype and everything else. Well, all of a sudden it just gets a little bit tarnished because somebody says, well, I'm going to LSU. Well, LSU doesn't have the academic standing that Notre Dame does or the cachet that it does. And uh, same with Lincoln Riley going to a school that's uh, has had a long tenured uh, checkered past in terms of a private institution and and things like this. But uh, some it'd be interesting to get inside their mind and say, okay, what was the hot button that tripped this to a wire? And uh, and and then we'll respect it. Something was inside fighting with respect to the the administration or whatever. Who knows? But it's a very small cut of the football world that was accessible to them in terms of what they wanted obviously because there's probably only maybe a one or two coaching opportunities would make somebody move from institutions like they have and for whatever reason i mean you only have so much money and whatever but the pressure is going to be stepped up and uh, you can imagine they, they all have a nice place to fall down to if it doesn't work out but it's uh, it's the ego thing that really gets it going well brian kelly a very rich man now and every time he is bowl eligible an extra half a million dollars he can go six and six and uh make an extra five hundred thousand dollars every year uh so not a bad contract for brian a lot of kelly. good locker room material yeah no doubt about it uh so sticking with the theme of coaches aaron Rodgers was on the pat mcabee show yesterday as he is every tuesday and I just want you to listen to this, and then I'll ask the question, Pat. Interesting quote here from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, look, again, with these reports, I don't know where they're coming from. Uh, I don't know who's talking. It seems like uh, there's certain coaches that uh, may um, have friends in the media that they don't realize are actually just trying to report things on. But, guys on uh, your own, on the Green Bay staff, you're saying? Oh, yeah. You, Age, you've known about that. There were guys for a while who were – who had their their people they would leak stuff to their people they would leak stuff to and the age uh, Aaron refers to there Pat is AJ Hawk obviously a former Packer as well so uh coaches leaking stuff about Aaron Rodgers medical uh, stuff to the media I don't know it just fa- feels very sticky to me is he on to something here or do you think he's uh he's just being being a little being a little petty no, I think I think that that's realistic. I think that uh, you know you never know where it comes from. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be another coach or an assistant coach or whatever. I mean, it could be a equipment manager, somebody that's just uh, you know on the on the sidelines or security or whatever sees something. You know, this is how people find out about what's going on in the teams. And I learned that from the NCAA when we had a. Uh, uh, and so they gave me a call and said there's somebody on the staff that was close to a person who was in Las Vegas and was kind of an, uh, an odds maker and, and would you check it out and so I did and then the coach said I'm just good friends with him whatever and I asked the other fellow he said oh I'd never ask a coach about what's going on he said because they always think they're going to win everything I asked some of the people that are just around the program that uh they're the ones that really know what's going on, and they don't have a just a view that they can win every game that they that they're playing in. So it could it just is, you go up at the practice fields and things like this, and you see all the people around. 
any one of them could fit in that category, and I think it's unrealistic. I think you have to think that way he's thinking, because otherwise you're going to get yourself tripped up. Next. Last one here for you, Pat. This is uh, Matt LaFleur. We made it this far without really talking Packers football. Good. This, go. is, this is our first in a couple of months. So Matt LaFleur was asked after the win over Lo- the Los Angeles Rams, which was an impressive win, Pat, on Sunday, uh, what's the state of the team at the bye? Here's Coach's response. All things considered, we've, we've battled through a lot of adversity, certainly. Um, you know, there there is room for improvement in all three phases, which is always exciting. And we know that there's a lot of challenge left in front of us. So we've got to, when we're back in this building, we've got to attack it on a daily basis, which I think our guys embrace. And they, they take that to heart. You know, we, we never look too far in front of us. We always try to focus on and, and stay as present as possible. And our guys have really, they have that mentality. And I think that's what the mentality that it takes to win games in this league. Some good coach speak there for Matt LaFleur. But it, but in all seriousness, Pat, I mean, he, he is spot on. This team at 9-3 and three with all the injuries uh, is in a really impressive spot at 9-3. and three. They really are. I mean, I think you know, just you, you like to see them win. But quite frankly, in the last couple of weeks, you go in there and say, geez, I mean, if we – we can get keep it close, you know, and and, <laughs> and try to sneak over the top and whatever. It's going to be tight. We've got guys who are just messed up after Jenkins went down, and then you you, you see Gary come back, and he, I think he said, well, you know, he's going to play with, with the hurt, and everybody's forgotten about it. He did a great job, and uh, the younger guys are stepping up, and I think you also saw that uh, heard the announcers saying, well, you know, he's got to be some some praise given to Gutekunst for putting this together, the depth that they've shown. I mean, the guys that were making the plays were guys that were second, third liners in terms of the defensive backs and things like this. I mean, I've been amazed at the success that they've had. And, and a lot of people that are knowledgeable of the NFL are really talking, saying it's the best, they're the best team around. And I think that's really high praise for a team that's just been beat up uh, terribly in terms of injury. And, and Aaron, we even talk about Aaron, like a little toe doesn't mean anything. I mean, those are, those are significant injuries, but they're playing through it. And I think they think they've got something special. And the longer they can go, maybe get some people healthy and come back, uh, the better off they're going to be. But right now, they're... Uh, they're playing very, very well and playing with a team attitude, which is necessary to be successful in that game. That is true. And, you know, they have a lot of mojo going for them. They have a lot of injuries, but the mojo is going well. Mojo. And mojo can win you some games. Uh, we'll take a break here. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man. Pack attack. All Packers, all the time. When the money's on the line and Aaron Rodgers has the ball in his hands, I'm never going to be mad at him. Subscribe to the Pack Attack podcast on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool. All about the bouncing master. Watch it on the news, what you're going to do. I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool. Welcome back to the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with former Wisconsin Athletic Director. Pat Richter live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. And Pat, Badger Hoops plays tonight in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And the Badger basketball team hasn't played since they won that Maui Invitational title. And Johnny Davis got uh, MVP of that tournament. And Johnny Davis really had a coming out party over the, you know, right before the holiday weekend. It really has. I mean, I. 
I, I was just amazed. I, I guess I hadn't really thought of it, but I didn't think that he was six five or six. And I, I thought he was maybe six eight. But uh, he plays so much bigger than that. But I think that uh, he seems to be enjoying it. He's got a couple of good smiles on his face, and I, I think that he's just turned out to be a consummate player on both ends of the floor. floor. And, and I think he's really showing uh, everybody else what the, what it takes to to win this, these games and uh, and I think they're starting to play like a team and a little bit better and uh, and the big guys are going to get better along the way and build up a little bit of strength and whatever and they'll work on that big shot and so I think that uh, right now is probably as well as you could be expected with respect to what we had coming back and now it's kind of interesting and kind of fun to hear people talk about how young a team it is and so the expectations are not way and way up over their heads and whatever they're realistic in that sense so it'll be interesting to see how they do against teams that are maybe not ranked and things like this in terms of games that they should be in or win and and how they play that uh, game out and how they play with a little bit of a monkey on their back being ranked yeah it, it will be and look there's also I think like you mentioned some teams were surprised by them also uh, surprised that you know, Big Ten play sometimes can surprise teams early in the year, especially that the you know, Badgers play a little more physical. I, I'm really curious what this team will look like, and this will be the big test, not tonight, but just overall when I get into Big Ten play. Because Big Ten is usually loaded up with, with guys who are, you know, they're not your typical one and done. It's a lot of guys who have you know, been in the league or been playing college basketball for a couple of years, so they're in their you know early 20s as opposed to teenagers, and sometimes those guys can some push uh, some of the young players around. Yeah, and I think certainly you have to uh, think that the experience that he had this summer with the national team was really, really improved a lot. And that just goes to show when you, like Mike Krzyzewski was a coach of those teams and things like this, the Olympic teams, giving opportunities to players, I mean, it's really an advantage. And But, uh, you know, Davis has uh, shown to do a lot of things. I mean, you can just see the, the, the dynamic moves he makes to the basket. He's aggressive. And he's, he's he's fearless in that respect, and that's what you have to have when you're that size. You can jump to dunk the ball, but you got to make sure that you can you know carry the the weight of somebody on your shoulders as you're going up the rim. And uh, you can see they're listening to the broadcasters talk about that in terms of understanding by using your strength and power, and that's what he's doing. And so, you know, that's that's the nice thing about it. And hopefully, you'll be able to get a few other players that will come along and just uh, not. Uh, not too distant future with respect to you know, Chucky and uh, and doing some things that are really going to be the kind of keys. And, but you just need to you need to put together with respect what he can do and big guys and being able to move it around. And, uh, and but I, I like the attitude. And you come back from the things that would look like they were maybe not looking too good and maybe starting out and showing what they can do, like in. The, uh, the the second game in respect to uh, Houston and uh, show what they can do gives them a great deal of confidence. It's going to need it because the Big Ten is loaded. I mean, you see these ACC Big Ten challenges and uh, Purdue and Indiana and I mean, right now they're six and two, which is which says an awful lot against the ACC. Mm-hmm, absolutely, usually the ACC is pretty dominant, but right now the Big Ten uh, ready to go and. Pat, before we wrap up the show here, uh, staying with the basketball theme here, Bucks turning around. I mean, not that they were ever a concern, but they're right back finally to their their upper level play after kind of a slow start. Yeah, I think that the uh, 
people were getting a little disappointed, but it seemed like everybody was kind of in the same boat, starting slowly and uh, picking it up. And I think uh, now the big uh, big question be what can uh, Demarcus Cousins provide for uh, for them to give some depth and some uh, some power and things like this. And and it seems like he's in, looks forward looking forward to joining uh, uh, Giannis, and uh, hopefully he can be a good addition and. Uh, and just shows that they're always tweaking that uh, lineup a little bit just to make sure they can stay contemporary and be strong because you know the Warriors are coming on, uh, the uh, Phoenix has been really tough, and so it's going to be another tough year. And everybody's going to have the uh, the Bucks right in their their sights. And that was hopefully Marcus Cousins can make a difference. And even then, there are some other trades that they might be able to pull off to, to just to kind of incrementally make themselves better, not wholesale changes but make themselves even just a tweak it a little bit here and there make themselves even better well pat as always we appreciate the time okay jim good night good night pat and alex what was uh kind of your biggest takeaway from today's show well jim if you don't mind i would like to replay a quick 50 second clip from pat richter on the uh, the badger football team lost to minnesota over the weekend i thought this was fascinating he brought the fire he did not like that they lost to no minnesota. here's pat yeah, well, make no mistake about it, Jim. This was a this a tough loss. I mean, I I think in the time I've been around here since I've left the university, uh, I don't know that I've run across uh, more unhappy people about a game than, than this one was last Saturday. I mean, it was it was a tough one to lose. I mean, the setup and everything else, and it was seemed to be uh, kind of played our way. You had a chance to win it out, and uh, and you got it just uh, right in front of you, and it was up to you what to do. And it just laid flat on an egg, and it just was not uh, not much of anything, not much energy, not much motivation, not much uh, of uh, excitement, and uh, and I think it's just going to stick in the craw for a long time, people of Wisconsin, because you know, and to have them come take a kind of co-op, jump around at the end of the game, and uh, do all those kinds of things, you know, it's just uh, that's what they do. That's what the Gophers do when they win. Which is not often is how he followed that up as well. But nonetheless, uh, Pat was not happy, but neither was the state of Wisconsin, Jimmy. I mean, everybody was upset. Uh, we had the Wisconsin College Game Day postgame show, obviously, after that game. So uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a sad, sad loss because it does not happen often. And as Monte Ball often put it, you know, you don't want to give them – you don't want to give Minnesota recruiting now, right? Like right. when he was recruited – they used the axe to recruit him. That's a big rivalry, the oldest rivalry in college football. You know, we win this just about every year. It's it's exciting, and now Minnesota has that recruiting tool, if you will, for a year. So, um, so certainly a tough loss indeed. Absolutely. This has been the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man.